Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It is so easy to get lost. Some of you are snickering. Because some of you know this more than others, right? It is so easy to get lost. When I was about 10 or 11, uh, my family went down uh, to the 4th of July celebration in St. Mary's, Georgia. I have an aunt that lives there. And uh, St. Mary's always has this big 4th of July celebration, as many other uh, towns do. Uh, That year, we went to a, a condo of one of my aunt's friends. You got that straight? Condo of one of my aunt's friends. All right. It was close to the pier where they were shooting the fireworks that night. This friend had had two boys, um, a few years older than I was. And my parents, uh, in their infinite wisdom, decided to let me go with these two boys, who I barely knew, uh, down closer to the pier to get a better view of the fireworks. Obviously, it was dark. And it was crowded, and the fireworks started, and it was awesome. I mean, it was an awesome display of fireworks. However, a few of those fireworks misfired into the crowd. Never a good thing. It's caused a little bit of chaos. And then you add in sirens and ambulances, darkness, And then you add in the fact that when I looked one way to see what was going on, and then I looked back, those two boys were no longer with me. And I had no idea where I was. It was dark, it was crowded, and I was alone. I also had never been where I was before. So I was also lost. And I didn't have a clue how to get back to where I was. I didn't know how to get back to my family. Out of sheer desperation, I saw what appeared to be a young mother and father pushing their child in a stroller, and I took a chance, and I approached them. I told them that I was lost, and I told them a general description of the condo that I had left. Fortunately, these were good people. Fortunately, they knew where I needed to get to, and I wasn't, I was actually not far at all. Uh, It was just really one turn into the condo's uh, driveway and off the main street that I was. This young couple helped me find my way when I was lost. Now here's the thing. I knew I was lost. I knew it the moment I turned around 
and there was nobody with me. I knew it. I realized I didn't know where I was and I didn't know how to get back. What happens though when you don't know you're lost? What happens when you don't know you're lost? What happens when you don't even realize it? In keeping with the series that we just came out of, the the Upside Down Kingdom, we live in a world that is not the way it should be. I think we all realize that. Those of us in the church, we realize that this world is not the way it should be. The Upside Down Kingdom, or the God's Kingdom, is the way things are meant to be. And, and, and there are times and moments where we get glimpses and flashes of God's kingdom here on this earth. I mean, just as I'm talking about, I mean, the churches that are getting together this morning, there was chaos and confusion and, and trouble. And, and yet this morning, people are gathering together Uh, to worship God, whether they have walls or not. So we get glimpses and we get flashes of God's kingdom here on this earth. But we understand that this earth is not fully the way it should be or will be. So, So here's my point. It is easy to get turned around. It's easy in this world that is not the way it should be. It is easy to get lost. And it's easy to get lost and not realize it. There's a song by the Christian band uh, Casting Crowns. It's called uh, Slow Fade. It's a slow fade. And sometimes that's how we get lost and we don't realize it. It happens slowly. It happens gradually. It starts with us making one commitment over here and another commitment over here. And our time gets chopped up over here. And our time gets chopped up over here. Our priorities get mixed up over here and over here and over here. It starts with wandering eyes over here and over here. And those wandering eyes turn into uh, um, certain thoughts. And then those thoughts turn into actions that go against God's word and God's will. There are so many ways for us in this world to slowly get ourselves lost. And because it happens slowly and gradually over time, we can find ourselves lost and not even realize it. And that is a dangerous place to be. Today we begin a series called The Lost. In Luke 15, Jesus gives us three parables about the lost. The first, which we get in today, is is the lost sheep. The second uh, is the lost coin. And then the third one is the lost Son, or what I'm going to call the lost sons. We like to focus on the prodigal son. There's two sons in that story, and I would suggest to you that they are both lost. But I'm going to, I'm going to preach on that later. So, In our passage today, Jesus is gathered with tax collectors and sinners. Well, that's a really good group to be around. And this doesn't doesn't sit well with the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And so they proceed to mutter. I just love that word, mutter. You love that word, mutter? I don't know, that seems like a good southern word, mutter. 
butter. Mutter, it seems like, you know, it seems like it's, you're trying to whisper, but you got some anger in there, and so you're not really whispering. You're just muttering to yourself, but you got some pent-up angst and anger, and so everybody actually hears what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about when you mutter? You had a little twang to a mutter. That's good. That's just a good word, man. So sometimes you're upset and you're trying to kind of just underneath your breath, but it comes out as a mutter. Religious leaders mutter, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Can you believe that? Now, of course, they muttered, and, and, and they were muttering loud enough to hear. Jesus responds to them by telling them the parable of the lost sheep. And so just so, so we're clear, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Yes, he's got the tax collectors and sinners, but he is talking to the, tax, to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the Jewish leadership. So, so when Jesus says to them, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Jesus is talking to those muttering Pharisees. Which also means that Jesus was asking them to put themselves in the shoes or the sandals of shepherds. Now for a lot of us who've grown up in the church and we, we got kind of used to the word shepherd. Though most of us I don't think are shepherds. We think of shepherd in the Bible, we think of God as the shepherd, right? We think of Psalm 23 and how God guides us and takes care of us. And, and, and all those things are true. But to the first century Jewish leader, role or occupation of shepherd was right up or, or say right or down there with tax collector and sinner. Shepherds had a reputation of uh, being shiftless and thieving and trespassing. Shepherds were listed among the despised trades of the Pharisees, by the Pharisees, along with camel drivers, sailors, gamblers, and tax collectors. That's a, that's a dirty lot. Good old camel drivers. Tried to think of a, something along the modern day lives. I don't know. Uber, Uber drivers. I don't know. Sorry if you're an Uber driver. <laughs> here, here Jesus is asking the Jewish leaders to think of themselves as shepherds. At the same time, they are looking down on Jesus for meeting and eating with tax collectors and sinners. This has a particular punch to it. Some irony to it. And then Jesus has them imagine that one out of a hundred sheep has gone missing. The sheep is lost. And Jesus asked the Jewish leaders, wouldn't you leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Now first of all, I get a kick out of thinking about the sheep that got lost. Anybody else? It's just me? That's fine. If you don't know, sheep are some of the dumbest animals. Okay? They just aren't smart. Which is why they need a shepherd. 
Which is why we need a shepherd. But I don't think this, this sheep just decided, you know what, hey, I'm going to get lost today. Woke up, I'm going to be lost. Not really liking the 99, I'm just going to get lost. But like I said earlier, sometimes it can be a slow fade. Getting lost can happen gradually. And so, you know, I just imagine the sheep, you know, he's with the herd, he's got his head down, just chewing on some grass, chewing on some grass. Chewing on some grass, chewing on some grass, walking this way. He kind of looks up. Hey, where is everybody? Where'd they go? And suddenly he's lost. He's probably thinking, they're lost. Because he doesn't have a clue. Because he's just minding his business. Where'd everybody go? The funny thing is, if this sheep could think or talk, Again, the sheep is probably thinking the 99 are lost, not him. But then Jesus asked this question. Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And listen, my first thought is, uh, no, Jesus, no, 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 I'm pretty good with my 99. We'll just deal with the loss there, the 1% loss. We'll just deal with that. I mean, why would I do that? Why would I leave 99 sheep to find one? That just doesn't make any sense. Now, to be fair, shepherds didn't go out by themselves. They were probably a group of shepherds um, over this hundred flock. And so one shepherd would have told his buddies, hey guys, I know we lost one. I'm going to go, go, go off. You guys take care of the 99. I'm going to go and, and see what I can do and see if I can find uh, this one sheep. But still... I mean, it's just one sheep. What's the big deal? You see, it seems completely illogical for this shepherd to leave 99 to go after this one until you realize that you are that one. It's completely illogical until you realize that you are that one sheep. And once you realize that you are that one sheep, you want that shepherd to do everything you can to find you, to rescue you, to save you. Sure, maybe you don't know you're lost. Maybe you've had your head down, chewing on grass. Maybe you thought you've been doing good over here. Maybe you thought, hey, you know what, I'm doing my time commitment. Yeah, I made this commitment over here, and I'm doing great, and I'm a good person. Maybe you think you're a good person. Maybe you think you're, you're not so good things that you're doing are not really that bad. Maybe whether you realize it or not, you are lost and you need someone to come and find you. Yes, it is completely illogical for that shepherd to leave the 99 to go after the one until you realize that you are that lost sheep. Jesus finishes up by saying, and when he finds it, when he finds the lost sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and his neighbors and together says, Rejoice with me. I have, I have my lost sheep. And Jesus says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing 
in heaven over one sinner. I can just imagine he's talking to the Pharisees and the leaders. He's got the tax collectors and sinners over here. One of these guys. There's more rejoicing in heaven over one of these guys repenting than over the 99 who don't need to repent. You see, we've got two camps in this story. We've got the religious leaders and we've got the sinners. I think most of us, at least been in the church for a little bit, we know that according to Romans, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so what we really have here are those who know that they are lost and those who don't realize they're lost. Those who realize that they need a shepherd to come and find them and those that have their heads down, chewing grass, completely oblivious to their lostness. And what Jesus wants us to realize is this. There is nothing that you can do on your own to be found. Just as that shepherd picked up that sheep, carried it with joy on his shoulders, there was nothing that sheep did or could do to be found. Nothing. He didn't even know he was lost. And there's nothing that you can do to be found. Jesus has done it all. The only thing that you have to do is be willing to be carried by the shepherd. You have to be willing to be carried by the shepherd. Some of us can remember, and maybe it was a long time ago, but some of us can remember in detail when Jesus first rescued us and carried us on his shoulders. And then some of us have forgotten. And we're trying to do things on our own. It's been a slow fade. It didn't happen overnight, but it's been a slow fade. And you've kind of lost that joy. You're kind of like those Jewish leaders who think, what is Jesus doing with these dirty folks over here? Don't you know the church isn't for those people? You've just forgotten. We've become the religious leaders who think we've got it all figured out. We've been found, so there's no need to go out and find others who are lost. We've resorted to trying to work our way to heaven. Though we sing about love and mercy and grace. As we come for communion this morning, I hope that you will remember that Jesus has done it all. He's paid the price. He has sacrificed and risked everything, just like the shepherd, to go and to find you that one lost sheep. Don't ever forget that. And don't ever forget that every day, not just a one-time deal, every day we need the great shepherd, the good shepherd, to carry us on his shoulders.